Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, thanks for listening. Uh, today we have somebody in who spent a lot of time overseas, in fact, grew up there. And, uh, and you know what, it's, it's interesting with sometimes on this podcast, especially that we get a little bit, uh, well, critical of Canada. So I wanted to get somebody else's perspective that has a very good pers perspective. Very special guest, Sophie Avery. Welcome to the big show. Thank you so much. I'm, yeah, really excited to be on. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sophie, uh, you have a degree. I do, yes. From, and, and what is the degree in? So, I studied uh, the science psychology degree at the University of East Anglia, which is located in Norwich, which is the south of England. And it was around two and a half hours from my hometown, which is Kent in the south of the east of the UK. Now, I've heard that there's um, different dialects when it comes to uh, the regions of the UK. Is that is that true? Yeah, 100%. I think um, I'm from the south and we all kind of sound similar. But the more up north you go, the accent, it changes. And people will say stuff and I will have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> Definitely when it comes to slang and, you know, terminology of your friends, you go to Manchester and you go to Birmingham and it's it's different compared to London. Yeah, because I've heard, I have a friend of mine who, when she speaks, another friend from the UK says, oh, she's got a very posh accent. Yes, yeah, for sure. I think the south you go, the more posh. And when you go towards areas like Exeter, um, yeah, people are very posh there and it's, <laughs> it's definitely different. You know, so it's it's crazy how it varies across the country. So do you have a posh accent? Um, well, I guess my mum, she likes to think that Kent is a nicer part of the UK. The South is typically nicer and I guess where more money and more jobs are. Um, I don't know if my accent's posh. I, I try to, you know, enunciate and pronounce words as best as I can. But... Um, yeah, I definitely, when I'm talking to my friends, I kind of forget that and just <laughs> ramble on and talk. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a bit about why um, you chose Canada. Because yeah. I imagine, and we'll get back to some of the other history stuff, but, but why did you choose Canada? I mean, there's probably mm. other regions of mm. the world that you were interested in. With, yeah. your, with your background, I'm sure you could have picked a, a great many areas <laughs> to go, but you chose Canada. Yeah, for sure. So I had firstly never been to Canada before. And when I was, so I actually came to Canada last year as part of my exchange program. So at home, we do a one-year exchange where you can study abroad at another university for a year. And we partnered with universities around the world. So Japan, Europe, Australia, America, Canada, and I definitely knew my top three were Australia, America and Canada. So I was always back and forth between which one would be the best. Um, I have been to America before. I've been to Oregon and I have now been to New York, but before I had only been to Oregon. Um, so I was definitely, I wanted to go somewhere different. And I think for me, Canada, there were so many things I wanted to explore here, like Niagara Falls and the national parks and... Uh, I mean, I have no family in Canada, so it was really taking that step to kind of do this on my own and try something new and put myself out there. And I guess, yeah, the skiing and the summer and the mountains. I think it's going to sound silly, but 
I think the first time I saw a mountain was last year when I came to Kelowna and I was fangirling like, oh my gosh look at the mountains and yeah it was just so surreal I think I wanted to go somewhere that was not a big city like I have at home just somewhere unique and different so and so when you went through that process I mean it's gotta be daunting yeah, and sure. overwhelming 100%. how is that process of of actually applying for and getting mm -hmm. uh, a visa yeah so it Particularly, um, it was very challenging for me because it was during COVID. So I was actually meant to study abroad the year before, but it was cancelled due to COVID. And I was thinking, well, there's no chance I'm going to be able to do this now. And I was very lucky. And my university, they let me switch my third and fourth year. So I was able to study abroad as part of my fourth year and my final year. So in terms of the visa, it was quite um, a lengthy process for sure. It, I think... From the point of applying to actually getting my visa, it was probably around four months. So it was quite a long time. And we then, on top of that, had to apply for um, entry to the university and being accepted to the university. And then on top of that, it was, you know, the flight tickets. And then I think when I got my study permit, we had to give biometrics, so our fingerprints in London. So it was, um, it was everything happening and... I was the first person in my family to do this, so my parents had no idea what was going on, and I was spending hours, you know, researching where do I go in London to give my biometrics, and just there's so many small things that came of it, and I think COVID, it made it tricky because the PCR testing, and then vaccine passports, and then quarantine, and all of this on top of, you know, being a young person travelling, it definitely made it hard, but it was, you know, no regrets, I loved it all, so <laughs> it was good fun. So your parents, what was their first reaction when you said, <laughs> I, I literally want to be thousands of miles away? I think they were definitely not surprised. <laughs> I think I've always been the kind of person to do anything and everything. Someone tells me I can't do it. I'm like, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to do it. Like, no challenge is too big. Um, and I think they, they definitely, I've always loved to travel and I've gone to some amazing places. And I think when you start traveling, you you want to just keep traveling and explore and see more. And I think my dad, mom, they would love to come out. My mom, she does hate flying. <laughs> she, you're trying to get her on a plane to go to, you know, Italy. She's crying and clinging onto the rails and it is really quite embarrassing. <laughs> I have to kind of pretend I'm not with her. Um, but my dad, he's, he's gone to a few places and I think they would just, you know, go for it. They're like, yeah, Sophie, you go for it. You want to do this, you, you go and do it. And if something happens, then you've got to figure it out. Because, you know, I can't call my dad. You know, it's a eight-hour time zone difference. And mm -hmm. back at home, it would be, oh, the light bulb's broken. Oh, I'll call my dad. He can come and fix it. But it's, okay, you're the other side of the world. You have to figure it out on your own. And I think the experience of, you know, moving here and studying here and now working here, it's definitely boosted my confidence. And having that ability to do stuff for yourself, I think it's been really great for me, for sure. Because it, it's interesting, there's a dynamic uh, that you and I spoke about off mic mm -hmm. about how in North American houses, you almost are expecting children to leave the nest at 17, 18, mm -hmm. 19. In, in the UK, I, I think it's yes. much older, isn't 100%. it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, coming here and meeting people, for example, I had a friend who was... 17, 18, and he's had a, a full-time job, he's worked part-time, and he's paid rent and lived, he's essentially moved out of home. And this is, is almost unheard of in the UK. I think there's many factors that kind of contribute to that. I think 
firstly the affordability in the UK is it's it's so expensive I mean I talked to my dad he's yeah inflation and gas prices and you know dad's like water's going up and stuff um but housing is very expensive in the UK um particularly as you know a young person finding your first house is it's almost unaffordable um then in terms of living at home I definitely do think that people stay with their parents longer in the UK I know I think being in your 20s is a very weird age. I've got some friends who are engaged and have babies and people like myself who are working and doing their masters and stuff and you know it's tricky not to compare yourself but yeah just in general I think people do typically stay at home when they graduate and they kind of have that security of their parents and then maybe when they have their job earnings they can then move out but it's definitely not as quick as it is in North America. So it's I mean, there's so many questions I, I have. Um, so in, in your estimation, is it why why would you say unaffordable in the UK for a home? Is it, is it just so wildly out of reach? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I'm only 22, so I can't really speak about everything. But definitely from in my hometown, for example, there is just, it's just so densely populated. There are so many people and houses are in such high demand. Everywhere you go in the UK, there's houses being developed or new housing being, you know, elected to be voted for, to be built. And I I think, you know, as I said, the, south, the more south you go in the UK, it is incredibly expensive rent-wise. And even, I think, for example, a three-bed semi-detached house in the south of the UK, you're looking at around 400k pounds, which, you know, as someone who's just graduated, it's just not going to happen. Mm. And to place a deposit and to get a mortgage you know you've got to be earning a substantial amount so it's it's definitely daunting I think lots of my friends back at home are still living with their parents and trying to just you know work and then save up but it's it's definitely tricky I'm not too sure why exactly it's more expensive but I think yeah there's lots of things going on in the UK it's, the population is definitely wild I think this is my fun fact I tell everyone but um, the UK I think we have double the population of Canada but um, the UK is smaller than British Columbia. So we've got all these people in this small country trying to find jobs, trying to find a house, trying to, you know, travel and get transport. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just not going to be efficient. So. Right. And, and gas prices, it, I heard you mention yeah, the gas prices. Expensive, yeah, like, yeah, gas prices are very expensive at home. Um, I remember particularly during COVID, there was a massive drop in gas prices and then it, you know, shooted back up again. So, yeah, it's just the additional factors, I think, when you live on your own, like, you know, bills and electricity and then time to pay for, like, petrol. It's, it's just everything everything else on top of rent. It's, you know, it's just so challenging to do. <laughs> and, and what about um, cell plans over in the yeah. UK? So, um, that yeah, it's funny you mention that. So when I came to Canada, I was reluctant to buy a cell phone plan. I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep my UK SIM number. And I soon realized that was definitely not going to be an option because, you know, data and having to text people, you can't really text with my UK number. Um, but I think I know Canada has some of the most expensive cell phone plans like in the in the world. Um, the UK, they are relatively expensive. Um, I think I when I paid my bill here, it's a similar price to the UK. Um, but I think in terms of we did have more deals available in the UK so it's like a better package for a different price whereas in Canada it's kind of like yeah you have your data and your your phone calls but that's kind of your set in stone thing but yeah there's more options in the UK 
And and let's talk about groceries. Like, what what are you finding with groceries? Yeah. Is it is it roughly the same or is it less? Yeah, that was definitely when I arrived here. Not just me, but everyone else from the exchange program. The groceries in Canada are definitely more expensive. Things like a block of cheese and stuff like that, and like fruit and vegetables. And that was definitely the biggest thing I noticed when I came here. That the price of grocery shopping in the UK, you can buy like a banana for ten p. And that's just not really heard of here, right? Um, so, yeah, that was definitely a big step up. And I think when I first came here, I was always converting in my head the Canadian dollars to the British pound. But now I've been here a while, I kind of just, oh, it's $20, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, definitely found groceries more expensive here compared to the UK. So 10p is 10 pence? Yes, exactly, yes. Okay. <laughs> I know enough to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> So with a pound, what what is the conversion now with the currency? Because I haven't stayed up yeah, on my I'm British not too currency. Sure, but I know it's it's definitely dropped a lot. When I came here, I think one pound was around one point seven dollars. Mm-hmm. So it was really good when I came here. But I think it's dropped down to around like one point five or one point four now. So it's I think the UK is a bit of a mess right now, you know. <laughs> Prime Minister's leaving after <laughs> six weeks and you know what it's like. You hear about it and you just okay, okay. Um but yeah, I think inflation is happening and gas prices are shooting up and uh, the pound is just really plummeted. So right. it's not good. So when you look back on your homeland, um, would you ever see yourself going back or is Canada now home? Um, I'm honestly not too sure. I think I'm in the process of applying for permanent residency in Canada. I think having the option to stay is going to be a really good option for me. Uh, I think, you know, healthcare benefits and job-wise it's nice to have that security and I definitely miss aspects of the UK you know my friends and family but I think if I was at home in the UK now I'd either be I'd definitely be living at home with my parents for one and maybe even struggling to find a job I think finding a job in the UK is incredibly tough even retail jobs and waitresses it's really competitive I was, I think, 18 or 17 when I had my first part-time job and I managed to get it through a friend. But those who don't have connections, it's really hard. I've got friends who have graduated with a first-class degree, which is the top kind of degree-bound boundary in the UK, and uh, applying to jobs every day and rejection after rejection. So it's, again, it's a population thing. There's so many people in the UK, it's incredibly competitive and you're up against the best of the best. You could have the best university degree, if you've got no experience, you're not going to get employed. But then to get that experience in the first place, you're competing against people again. So it's almost like a circle in a loop of trying to get experience and find a job and trying to find your first employer to do that. And it's definitely tough. So, yeah. I had no idea the job market was that tough because, yeah. I mean, we're living through COVID times mm-hmm. and, and driving by all these signs that say, all shifts open apply within mm-hmm. and and now i'm i'm hearing that the uk mm. is is really yeah. a very tight Definitely. tight market yeah, okay sure. hmm. so is that part of the reason just for opportunities obviously um, i don't know i think it was very spontaneous me deciding to work here it was i think maybe a week of thoughts on it um, i was very lucky i was able to get a work permit and it was approved within a week so my study permit Four months my work permit a week it was approved I think because I was on the records and they had my name and details and it was a little bit more straightforward um but yeah I, I think working here there are more opportunities I think 
like talking to people who live here, I've met many people who aren't actually from Canada. Many people immigrate here and there's more opportunities for skilled work and even like retail jobs, I think. And I think that's particularly for myself. I was definitely stressed about finding a job here and I for sure like everyone else applied to many, many jobs and was rejected by lots too, lots of jobs, um, which happens, right? You know, you graduate and you have no experience and they're going to pick someone who's better than you, right? And you just got to, okay, you apply for the next one. But yeah, I think I think staying in Canada, I think there will always be someone who will hire you. But in the UK, you don't always have that certainty. So yeah. So with this psychology background, did you have to come, come here and do another year of university? Because it sounds like you already had your degree though. Yes. So essentially in the UK, a degree is a three-year program. And um, so for me, it was because of COVID, it did mess up my year slightly. So I technically had already graduated before I came on my exchange year. So I just had to pass all my classes, which was amazing because it gave me the opportunity to travel and take more time for myself. Um, but another thing is that I noticed was my classes and assignments in Canada were definitely easier than the UK. I think I say to people in the UK, a 70% is really hard to get it's like a first class and it's incredibly tough to get and in the UK I was scraping 70s and in Canada I was doing my assignments and I was like a 95 to 98% so it people you know you tell them and they, they don't realize how hard it is in Europe in the UK especially but that was definitely something I noticed about studying here the difference in academics and assignments and expectations was one thing that was a big thing for me have you tried out our healthcare system at all? I have, yes, I have. So I've had the full package in Canada, I'm telling you. Uh, you name it, I've tried it. Um, yeah, so as an international student, we automatically get enrolled on the MSP, which is a BC health insurance for international students and international people. Um, I believe we had to pay a fee of $75 a month, which was expensive, but it was brilliant. And the NHS in the UK is amazing. But like all the healthcare systems around the world, it's under pressure and waiting times. I think I saw a GP and I was on a waiting list for nearly a year before I got seen. And, you know, touch wood, it wasn't anything serious, but it was something that had to be sorted out. And I actually saw a doctor in Canada for the same problem. And within two weeks, I was diagnosed, treated, medication. It was, yeah, rapid in Canada. And that was even just a doctor's appointment in Canada. I noticed they were you know, thorough, I was in there for 20 minutes. In the UK, it's 10 minutes, you're out. You have one problem, you go in for 10 minutes, you talk about that one problem only, and you have to leave. So, yeah, I think healthcare here is is amazing and definitely efficient. They're really good at what they do here, and they're great in the UK. The NHS is great, but it's understaffed, and people are underpaid, and COVID, it, you know, was a massive setback for everything, so... See, and, and that's just it is we, we are often very critical of, mm -hmm. of everything because, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, we get used to it and that sort of thing. So it's so great to have a different perspective on that because, again, we can just we can go down a rabbit hole on a number of different things and say, well, we don't have this and mm -hmm. other countries have this. Is, is there an inequity that you think Canada does not have and, and the U.S. seems to have a lot of like. I think of, of one thing, which is probably national pride. Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, yeah, for sure. I think 
North America in general, you know, particularly, you know, the States, they have their flags everywhere. And even in Canada, you see the flags occasionally. And in the UK, we definitely don't have that. I think people, they're proud to be British. And I think people, you know, they make lots of funny memes about it and, you know, about Boris Johnson. And people have their funny jokes. Um, but it's definitely not as big of a thing here. I think people, they're proud to be Canadian. They love it. They love their Canadian land. And, you know, you talk to someone from Canada and they're, you know, they talk about their history and their heritage and, you know, they're like, yeah, Canada's great. And we have that in the UK. I think maybe the older generation, but particularly my generation, oh, like we live in the UK, it rains all the time. We have the Queen, well, had the Queen, and you know, so, so it's just, I don't know, different for sure. Let's talk about the monarchy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a national holiday. Yeah. Uh, what, what was, obviously you still have mm-hmm. lots of friends and family. Mm-hmm. What did the Queen's death mean to a country? Yeah, I think definitely, again, it's for sure a generational thing. I think for my parents, their people their, their age, they were definitely more involved with the royal family. They, My mom, she, she loves the royal family. She knows everyone in the family, their relations, who's next in line my grandparents too. Um, but for someone like me, I think the royal family is great. It definitely makes the UK the UK, but I'm definitely not as involved with what's going on. It's almost, you know, it is outdated in my opinion. And I think it's great as a tourism perspective, but I think if you ask someone of my age what the royal family does, they probably couldn't tell you too much. But I think in general, the effect of, you know, the monarchy on the UK is, it's definitely split. I think the younger generation, like I said, is not too sure what they actually do. They're kind of, it's a royal family, it's what it is. But for my parents and like their generation, it's definitely more ingrained in their kind of lifestyle. So you weren't sucked into the the, really. the monarchy watch or anything? Yeah, I think um, when I was in primary school, so primary school is like elementary school in the UK, We when there was a wedding, William and Kate, we had a whole day of celebrating the wedding. So I think they, they try and integrate it within schools, but I don't think it's as big of a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> Would you be, uh, you know, tarred and feathered if, if you said those things back in the UK that you didn't really, like the monarchy wasn't really a thing for you? Or is, there, or is that a common thought process for yeah, your generation for sure i think it would definitely vary who you talk to i think if you talk to you know people your own age they're likely going to have the same opinion i could talk to someone who i've never met before who is you know 20 or younger or they would probably agree but i think i think it just some people in the uk they are massive royal family people i think when the queen died people were queuing for hours to go walk past her you know coffined you know, someone like me, why are people queuing for seven hours? But, you know, for some people, it's really important to them. And it was a, you know, significant event. And they had to, you know, show their respects to the Queen. And I completely get that. But, yeah, I think it would vary who you talk to and have the conversation with. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take uh, a quick break. But, but now time for some sponsorship messages. Here we go. Uh, want the news delivered to your inbox seven days a week before 7 a.m.? I think you do. Even Sophie would, for sure. <laughs> Subscribe to clonernow.com by visiting the site and subscribing. Uh, do you have print needs for your business? The D6 Print Studio on Lucky Road has large format printers to service your every need. They're big format printers, like really big. Okay, so not every need, but pretty close. Uh, follow clonernow.com on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube by searching clonernow. All the cool kids do. Okay. Um, we have an auction on at clonernow, so uh, check that out. We'll be back in a bit with uh, Sophie.
Okay, so we're back with Sophie, and it's delightful. Um, I've, I've done some voice acting, and whenever I hear an English accent, I'm sorry, but all, all tonight I'm probably going to be seeing like this to the TV. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's, well, Very good. You know, when you don't have a lot of friends growing up, you know, it really helps. Um, <laughs> so, Sophie, let's talk a bit about your... Now, as you came into Canada, you've got to experience our, our great lands and fresh water and all these mm -hmm. other kinds of things. Is there a list of things that you you would say to other Canadians, like, listen, do you even realize how special this place is? Like, is, mm -hmm. is that a speech you want to tell every Canadian? Yeah, definitely. I think, again, one of the most, uh, the biggest things that pulled me to Canada was, you know, it's got some amazing places. I've been very fortunate to travel across Canada. I've been to Vancouver a couple of times. Um, over the summer, I went to the Banff National Park and, even just the drive through the Rocky Mountains was something I've never seen before. I was filming every 10 minutes. I was making my friends stop the car to take a picture of the same tree. I was completely in awe of what I was seeing. I could not believe it. And I was telling my friends, and yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And I'm like, have you seen this lake? Like, it is so blue. And like, yeah, Sophie, calm down. It's a lake. Um, so I definitely was majorly fangirling. And yeah, I think even the cities here are nice. I went to Toronto last February, and although it was really cold <laughs> really cold um it was great you know I think one thing that I noticed um it's very clean in Canada no litter um you know occasionally you know downtown somewhat but just very clean and the roads are nice and the streets are clear and the shops aren't you know bashed in and it, it was nice you know like in London you get a lot of that lot, maybe not too much but you know you I guess everywhere there's bad parts but in London, I guess it has its rep of being a bit, you know, grimy in some parts. But everywhere I've been in Canada, it's been it's been really nice. Well, on behalf of all of Canada, <laughs> thank you. Of course. <laughs> now I've spent some time in London, and what I was amazed at was the the after work um, wobbly pop, I guess you could say, <laughs> uh, of going to the pub, yes. spending time with your friends mm -hmm. before you go home, yes. and and that seems to be a culture. There, yeah. There's a cultural significance mm -hmm. to that. Definitely, yeah. The, I think the pub culture is definitely something I've realised since coming to Canada is such a big thing to the UK. Oh, just go to the pub for a drink in the evening. It's just a social place to gather with your friends and catch up. And even my parents, you know, Friday night, go down the pub with your dad, like, get a beer. Like, maybe not me, but my dad, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely, when I turn, the drinking age is 18 in the UK. So, I mean, I look very young. I've I get ID'd everywhere for everything. Um, so I would always whip out my ID and I'm like, yes, I can drink. I'm 18. Um, but yeah, we have a, a pub in the UK called Weatherspoons, which they are, it's like a franchise, it's a chain. They have them across the UK and they're, you know, renowned for selling, you know, cheap alcoholic drinks and they've got cocktails, and beers and things on tap. And, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, let's go to Spoons on Friday. And it's it's almost like a weekly routine, especially, you know, as a student at university and, when I turned 18 and was about to go to university, it was a weekly thing, go to the pub with your friends and, you know, drink away in the evening and have fun and just, you know, you make so many memories with your friends on those nights, you know, so it's always a good time. So what's interesting about that, when I traveled through uh, France and I traveled through a little bit of the UK, it seemed like because drinking is, is somewhat uh, part of the culture, there 
it, it didn't seem as, as much abuse of alcohol. I'm not mm-hmm. saying we're going to pull out any stats right now because we're not. But I, I did feel like it was very social. Yeah. It was very connecting. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, you know, people were just yeah. literally coming around for a couple of beers. They weren't going to get smashed. Mm-hmm. But it was really part of the social fabric yeah. of the UK. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think, you know, it's you want to catch up with your friends and the easiest place to suggest is a pub you know go catch up with the last six months of your life over a drink it's is the ideal place to go um but yeah definitely like you said people will go to the pub and it would just be like a casual evening event it's not always a, a crazy you know party and weekend like we people are crazy in the uk and they do like to drink um but you know most of the time me and my friends will have like a civilized chat and catch up about what's happening and what's new and what's going on and yeah, we order a bunch of cocktails or what's new and we'll just try each other's drink and just talk about life and stuff. So, I, I think you could talk about anything even tawdry with that accent and <laughs> yeah. probably get away with it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, you name it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> so uh, the these pubs um, in, in Canada, I, I don't know, maybe it's it's my age group, which is in the 50s, but... As in 52, <laughs> not 1950, but but part of it is going over to someone's home. Yes. Like that seems to be more mm-hmm. of the norm than yeah. it is going to a pub or a restaurant. Yeah, I think, um, like, yeah, that's definitely true. I, I mean, you, now that you said that, I've gone to some friend's house for some drinks, but it's definitely not been a casual thing. It might be to pregame before I'm out to a house sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like people just go to the pub rather than to the house. It's just an easy place to meet and... As long as you're not drinking too much, you know, you can drive home or get a train back or something. So it's just really convenient and it's always a good go-to. Now, have you gone to a, a footy game, a soccer game? Um, I actually haven't. I have been to Wembley Arena and it was for a concert. I saw, I think I saw, I saw a few people there actually. It was a big summer event. I saw, you know, Shawn Mendes and Justin Bieber and I was like, Drake. It was, I think at the time I didn't realise how cool it was. But now I'm like, that was cool. Like, I saw Drake. That was really now, cool. Was that by accident that those were Canadian yeah. artists? Right. All three. <laughs> I named all three. And they say they got the best musicians in Canada and I stand by it. <laughs> so what, going forward, uh, I, I do want to touch on though, before I, before I ask that question, but going across Canada, did you notice the, uh, is there a consistency? Is there a pattern to Canadians? Is there, because I mean, you have done something a lot of Canadians haven't done, which mm-hmm. is travel across this mm-hmm. great land of ours. Did, did you get any kind of, if you were writing a book mm-hmm. about Canada, what would that book be like? Would you say that each region has its own type of, of you know, thoughts and ideas and and perspectives yeah I think so when I first arrived here in BC um I I did a lot of research about Canada and the places to go and differences and you know you talk to people and they're like oh people from Alberta they can't drive and you know you hear things and I've been I've been to Banff which you know Alberta and I have been to Calgary and I think everyone is just as friendly and the stereotype of the Canadian being extremely polite and friendly, I can definitely say it's true. Everyone's been incredibly nice to me since I've been here. Um, but I guess in terms of differences, I haven't noticed too many. I haven't been to Quebec and I know Quebec is probably, you know, the most different province. They've got different, you know, regulations and laws. But um, it was quite interesting, I guess, 
the different drinking ages in the provinces, I was quite surprised that was 19 in BC and then 18 in the other ones. I couldn't quite wrap my head around the same country, but different drinking ages and same with driving ages. It, it does vary slightly. But I guess in terms of the culture across Canada, I haven't noticed anything drastic. I guess everywhere I've been, it's kind of as a tourist and kind of on vacation. So I've, you know, you speak to locals, but you kind of just, you go to the main, you know, Niagara Falls or you go to the big kind of touristy things. So I haven't really had much interaction with, I guess, like residents of Alberta and other provinces, but I can speak for BC and everyone is very friendly here and it's a super nice place. Well, you did pick the best I, province. Yeah, for that's sure. what I've been told. <laughs> now, would you settle here? Do you, is that where your thought is? Um, I definitely think so. I'm not sure about Kelowna. I think Kelowna is is a brilliant place. The summer is amazing. The winter is amazing. But I think I can definitely see myself in like a maybe. I I don't know. I'm back and forth between going back to a city like Vancouver because I've had a city my entire life and I I love Kelowna because it's so different and outdoorsy and you know the mountain like open my window every morning and there's a mountain I'm like oh my gosh I mean Canada it's, it's crazy um but yeah I think definitely BC is I can definitely see myself staying here okay uh, we're gonna hold you to that um <laughs> now going forward you have your degree do you have any lofty career expectations or what what is what is the next you know I, yeah. I hate to say it but what, <laughs> what does the next five years look like I don't know I think um when I first started my degree as a like a psychologist I was like yep I'm going to become a clinical psychologist I'm going to do a master's I'm going to get a PhD and although that is potentially still an option I think I realized quickly in my first year that it's hard to you know pick one route and stick to it so early on but you know you're 17 when you pick your degree and you know at 22 I'm working in a industry that's completely different to what I studied and I, I guess I've always been the person to kind of do something a bit outside of the box and not typically ideal to what I've I guess I've learned but um I think with my degree it was so flexible it, it applies to a lot of things you know we people think psychology and I think oh you know the brain and you know, can you read my mind and personality and stuff, but we did a lot on statistics and human behavior, which can be applied to kind of any profession. But I guess in the next five years, I, as I said, I would like to get residency in Canada just so I've got security. And then I'm not too sure, I need to learn to drive. So that's definitely what I'm gonna try and do next year. Um, I tried to drive when I was 17 and I was uh, terrible, <laughs> going around the corners in fourth gear and my mom was like screaming, it was terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure. I think um, I've always had the ambition to have my own business and to like be a boss lady and fire people and have like a really cool idea. <laughs> but who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> I think we have to hire people first so we yeah, can true. fire them. <laughs> and the other thing we have to do is is we really have to research and find you a good hockey team to yes, cheer for. I know. I I went to the Canucks game in Vancouver last year, I think this time last year actually, and they were against the, um, the Ducks, is it? The American Ducks? Anaheim. That's the one. Anaheim and Ducks, yeah. honestly, the whole, the hockey game, it was like a whole cinematic experience. You're sitting in the arena and the national anthem start playing and I was like, oh my gosh, I was here to watch hockey. I didn't realize it was a whole performance. And I think now, like, I guess, as someone who's been in Canada for a year, you realize how big the hockey is here and like people love it they go wild over it and people were like chanting and honestly I didn't really know what was going on most of the game I was like yeah we got the goal and we scored but I didn't really know what's happening um 
but yeah, it was it was great fun. I've got to find a team. You know, you're right. I've got to find one. Well, let me just let me just show you the uh, space saver on my phone. Okay, Cal- Calgary Flames. Calgary Flames. Yeah, just seems just, like a good fit. Just a thought. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a big. I got like a jersey now. <laughs> so what? What going? So we've we've kind of figured out that you're going to stay in BC. Mm-hmm. Um, healthcare system, we're going to give it a thumbs up. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, gas prices, probably not. Yeah, I mean, maybe when I like drive here, mm-hmm. I'll be able to give a better opinion. But you know, you you go past the gas station and you look at the monitor, and you in my head I convert it back to pounds, and it's I, I guess still quite expensive in BC. But I think when I start like using petrol, I'll definitely realize more. Okay. <laughs> the price of it. So we got the the healthcare, the gas, groceries high, mm-hmm. um, data high. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and housing, I think, still pretty high. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, so when I got my work permit, I was in a position where I had to find a house and roommates. And at that time, all of my exchange friends went home. So I was, you know, quite lonely for a few weeks. I really had no one. I had no family here. I had all my friends I had either went home to their home in Canada or back to Europe. So I was frantically searching for a job for one a house and at the same time like oh my gosh I'm gonna be staying in Canada for the next few years if not longer or forever so it was all these kind of daunting experiences and for me like first time my first time finding a job after I graduated and having to you know deal with landlords and contracts it was all very new to me and it was it was stressful but I managed to I think Facebook groups I found some roommates on a Facebook group and then we met online and signed a contract but it was I feel like that's what's missing is just some kind of the transition from studying to working is definitely challenging I think it's something that we all kind of go through but it's definitely not spoken about enough my friends all for the same they're kind of lost or I don't know how to sign a contract I don't know how to you know find out what a good house is you know you've got to look at you can look around a house and you may not see things but if I went with my dad, he could be like, right, this is not a good area. Like, there's issues with the house. But as someone who's, you know, 20, it's you wouldn't realize it because it's your first time. So is this something that, you know, perhaps schools, universities, colleges could look at as, as, as far as just getting oriented, perhaps for international mm-hmm. students, but as well as for for just students yeah, who I might be, so. this might be the first foray into life mm-hmm. and just kind of... Sh- Going through some fundamental things, if, if the parents haven't taken them mm. along on that journey, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think, like, for me, like, one thing that is missing in university is just kind of preparation for once you graduate. Like, they can help you get a job and, oh, apply for this company or these are really good companies, but they can't do it for you. They can't show you how to change a light bulb. And even simple things like that is, unless my, my dad has shown me and stuff, but you know, it's when you're on your own, you have to do it. It's right. You have to do it, you know? Um, and it's, it's scary. Um, but I think that's one thing that they really should implement more is kind of just more life skills. Even throughout school is you learn how to do, you know, maths and English and science. And I did German in school, but I don't speak any German now, you know, but I couldn't tell you anything about taxes or paying rent. So I think there's just an aspect of life lessons that's missed in school, which should be implemented. Okay, so now we've got only a few moments left. You're <laughs> going to impart just any thoughts you can for any students that are listening 
um, and just give them Sophie's uh, top five. <laughs> um, give, give me top five. Yeah, I guess the first one is um, say yes to everything. Like if you want to do it and you have the slightest doubt, just go for it. Like worst thing is, is it may go wrong, but at least you tried and you have no regrets. I guess the next thing is you've got to try something new. Um, put yourself out there, make new friends, do something different, just try everything. Um, number three, I guess, um, I think just make really good friends. I think throughout school, your friendship group is going to change. You're going to meet people you like, people you don't like. And I think you've got to realise that you don't have to like everyone. They don't have to like you as long as you've got your core group of good friends and you're fine. I think the next thing is definitely do not compare yourself to what other people are doing. It's so easy when you, you know, graduate to be like, oh, my friend, they've got a house and they're, they're, they're married and I'm here at home and it's it's hard to compare yourself. But you've got to remember that everyone is on different pathways and you, you will get there at some point. And just because they have a house and they have children doesn't mean they're happy, right? You know, you never know what's going on. And I guess the fifth one would be to... I don't know, I guess, I don't know, just have fun. Just do what you want, you know. <laughs> do your assignments, get good grades, <laughs> work hard in school. <laughs> well, I, it's great because I put you on the spot there. Yes. Uh, but but what's been fun for me in, in learning this is, again, I'm, I'm seeing Canada and I'm seeing the systems through different eyes, which I really appreciate because, like I said, we get a little bit... Uh, critical of our governments and our policies and 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 a whole bunch of things because <laughs> as we immerse ourselves in the news sometimes you can get a bit down about your country and it's so nice to have a a fresh face and and someone who <laughs> who really appreciates um you know coming here and i think that's the the gratefulness that we can all learn from so thank you again sophie and <laughs> I, i'm so happy that we had a chance to sit down and do this so uh well, you know what? As you go forward, perhaps that seat will get you back in it. Yeah, for sure. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Sophie. Thank you.